1: Los Angeles 2023
2: welcome welcome to out on the lanai the only golden girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to I'm H Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines and I'm
1: Carrie Doherty and
2: this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the golden girls and then talk about it but we ran out of those episodes and then what did we do we broke down 24 episodes of the golden palace but we ran out of those too because that's how like time works so now now we do whatever the hell we want
1: That is right, HLM Scott slash Sadie Pines. Today we're doing another Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty, Rue, and Estelle did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their careers. And today we are covering a mini Golden Girls reunion of Betty, Rue, and Estelle on a 1999 season one episode of the CBS sitcom Ladies, man. Which,
2: I mean, so I mentioned this on the podcast last week. It is it, it got uploaded to YouTube and it made the rounds. And, of course, whenever anything Golden Girls makes the rounds, we get notified of it very frequently by lots of people. And we thank you for that. And so, Carrie and I were like, well, why don't we just do that episode? Because if everyone's talking about it right now, we might as well focus on the one. It seems like everyone's in a Beyond Golden Girls moment. Can
1: I... Can I be really vulnerable and make a confession to you right now?
2: Sure. Sure. Please do. You're a safe space. When
1: Safe space. When you sent me the link yes. to this YouTube clip of this television program <laughs> called Ladies Man, I mistook it for the Ladies Man. The SNL like, sketch. Yes. yes. Tim Meadows character. And I thought, wow, Tim got a movie and his own show. <laughs> Was Julianne Moore in that too? I loved him. I I loved him. He's the nicest man he I is. thought. That's amazing. They made a ladies man show. Mm. And I click on it and it is not no. Tim Meadows ladies man. No. It is it is Alfred Molina.
2: Fantastic actor.
1: So I'm also going to again, I'm I'm being very very vulnerable and open right now. Am I the only one who really knows Alfred Molina is Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 I mean, and yes. again in Spider-Man No Way Home? Is that insulting to Alfred Molina? No,
2: no, not at all because it was iconic when he came back into the Spider-Man franchise. However,
1: I did not think that you were going to even know any of those words. Oh, really? I'm very impressed oh, with oh, you I right now. I know
2: Spider-Man. I know Spider-Man very well. Thank you. I'm I'm very I'm very And also, I'm a Disney freak, so like of course I know the Spider-Man moment. But Okay. But I will say he is a highly, highly decorated actor. I think one of my favorite roles of his is in Frida, which he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for. He didn't, co-starring um, Salma Hayek, well, starring Salma Hayek, co-starring Alfred. Thank you. It's yes, Frida, and um, fantastic, fantastic performance. But another performance of his that I love is that Ryan Murphy uh, show Feud about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And he played the director of uh, Baby Jane. And it was such a great performance. I highly recommend anyone to watch that that miniseries because it was so good.
1: I feel like I started it on a plane and then I fell asleep almost immediately. Not because of the program I was watching, but just because I was tired.
2: I could never. Um, I mean, that was literally when I heard that was being made, I was counting down the days. It was like... It was like the episode where Dorothy comes back on the Golden Palace. And if I was aware as a child, I probably would also be counting down the, day, the days for that episode. Like as soon as the press release went out, I'd be like, where's my calendar? Like, Yeah. I would... Now, see,
1: that's the H and I was expecting to come out in this podcast. Yes. So there you are. You're back. Yeah. So <laughs> Ladies Man, as it turns out, is an American TV sitcom. It was created by uh, Chris Thompson, who also created Bosom Buddies. Yeah. Um, and Alfred Molina stars as a husband, father, son, and ex wait he's a husband father son ex-husband and son-in-law who lives with a number of women under one roof so it's him his wife his daughter, with his wife and his daughter from a previous relationship. Yeah. Um, it aired for two seasons from 1999 to 2001 on CBS. You can watch it on YouTube, like H. Allen said. This episode that we watched is season one, episode 22, romance.
2: We should post the not, link. Not
1: in, a little romance.
2: No. Just romance. romance. We should post the link to this episode in uh, the show credits as well, and we will do that. We
1: will do that. Um, but so- I also
2: want to say about the, the creator of this show, Chris Thompson, he created one of my favorite shows, which I always thought was a genius show that did not get the kind of love that it deserved, The Naked Truth, starring Tay Leone. And it was an incredible show. Did you ever watch The Naked Truth?
1: No. It was
2: so good. It was about this sort of, like, reporter who gets a job with this sort of gossip column, sort of 90s gossip magazine, whatever. And it was, and she had to, like, follow these stories. And the funny thing about this, this, the series was that each episode had, like, a major celebrity guest star so like she's fun. like out there stalking tom hanks for a scoop on tom hanks for this gossiping and tom hanks is in the episode it was so good it's what introduced me to holland taylor who i love so much such a great show if you can find the naked truth i would definitely watch it
1: oh that's fun that's yeah. a fun uh, yeah that i i would go hunting for a show like that that that's sounds great fun. i enjoy taylioni you would love that um so golden girls connections um so this show, Jim Valley was one of the writers mm-hmm. on this show, also a Golden Girls writer. Gil Junger, one of uh, the directors of the Golden Girls, one of the many directors, also directed some of these episodes. And obviously, mm-hmm. Betty White was a regular on this TV show now. Again, I'm being very vulnerable. I'm not going to lie. I had literally never heard of this show. I thought the only sitcom Betty was a regular on after the Golden Palace was Hot in
2: Cleveland. No, no. So Betty, what's interesting about Betty is she almost, Betty never stopped working ever. She was not afraid to like throw her hat in for like random things. And there was one show I remember that came out right after the Golden Palace. Well, a couple of years after the Golden Palace that I loved. It was a part of TGIF lineup called um, Maybe This Time with, uh, oh God, oh God, she's the singer from the, Marie Osmond. Um, And it was like about Marie Osmond. I think she's a single mother and like Betty White's the grandma. And it was a cute little show. I think it was on If I'm pretty sure it Don't remember it. Yeah, it was a cute little show. I remember liking it. I think it got like maybe two seasons. So it was like a big thing. But I do remember the promotions for this show. I don't remember ever watching it, but I remember the promotions and the commercials because it featured some greats. In the history of television, female actors, including Betty White, but also Dixie Carter from Designing Women, whom we love. Mm-hmm. She was in nine episodes, where they were always very highly touted episodes. And then a Golden Girl, Susan Harris, connection Park Overall from from Empty Nest. Yes,
1: from Empty Nest. She played yeah. the nurse and in Empty Nest and nurses as mm-hmm. well.
2: Well, she did a few guest stars in Nurses, but I don't think she was okay. on Nurses a lot. She was like did her part from Empty Nest on Nurses. I think that was that. Gotcha. But. Park overall is such a good actor.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I yeah. love her oh, so much. I so enjoyed her on Empty Nest. Yeah. Um I will also say um the older daughter Bonnie on this show was Icebox from The Little Giants.
2: Yeah, and the younger daughter was in um which I will admit I have never really seen but Michael, you know, my boyfriend is obsessed with Spy Kids. Spy and, Kids. And yeah, Alexa I also Pindega. you and I are
1: You and I aged out a little bit of Spy Kids, but like Matt and his, sorry, Stan and his brother, (laughs) no Spy Kids. How how old is Stan? Um, Younger than me. Okay. Um, (laughs) okay.
2: Yeah, well, Mike is younger than me, too. So that's probably why they have that. Yeah.
1: So, um, but, so the older daughter, Bonnie, in season two of the show was replaced (gasps) by another actor, a little actor by the name of Kaylee Cuoco. Who's that? What? <laughs> Wait,
2: am I blanking? Should I know who this person is?
1: Kaylee Cuoco?
2: Oh, yeah, that lady. See, she annoys me. I'm going to admit it right now. I just... Did you
1: did you not watch The Flight Attendant?
2: N- no, I didn't. And I also did not watch Big Bang Theory either. And I, I don't
1: watch Big Bang Theory, and... but I know who Kaylee Cuoco is. I mean,
2: I do. I, 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 I Hey, I, I didn't you know, know, you know
1: that. I didn't. I know I can't crap on you when I only know Alfred Molina is Doc Ock and I did not know that Ladies Man was a TV show you know so, I, I will
2: say the only thing I my yeah. reference to Kaylee Kyok only because there's I'm sure she's a lovely person and I'm sure she's a great actress and I'm sure the flight attendant is great you know how there, there's some actors that you watch and you're just kind of like you kind of annoy me and so you just don't watch but um, the only thing I know about her is uh, Jennifer um, Coolidge's Oscar or not Oscars, the Golden Globes presentation when she was talking about struggling to pr- to pronounce people's names, and Kaylee Cuoco was one of them, which I thought was a very funny moment. So that's how I know Kaylee Cuoco.
1: Right. So it's is it's it's as if you were to say, I only know. Adina Menzel, because of that one time John Travolta tried to say her name and said Adele Deziem.
2: Well, but I can t- I can tell you this right now that is not the only way I know her because I love her and I saw her I not only you, in I'm Rent, but I also saw her in Wicked on Broadway, and there was one of time a
1: way that I could have inter- No, I thought we were going to we were doing a bit where we we're going to keep uh, sure, talking over sure, sure, but other. I have to, I have to share this and story now I too. I just assumed I did. was just an example. I was trying. to... I say. have to it's share the moment working.
2: that I left my office in New York City. And Adina was walking around, and she was pregnant. I believe she was pregnant with twins. And she was struggling, it looked like. And I remember passing her, and I said, Oh, my God, I love you. And she smiled and stuff, and she was really sweet. And then I looked at her because it looked like she was, like, out of breath. And she was very pregnant. I think she might have been in her eighth month. I mean, she was very pregnant. And I was like, Can I help you somewhere? Do you need help? Like, I felt so bad because I didn't want to, like, Assume that she needed help, but also it looked like she needed help. Yeah. It was a moment. But, you know, we haven't seen each other since. I don't think she holds it against me. She doesn't know who I am. Let's be real.
1: No. Yeah, that's great. It's great when you have (laughs) awkward celebrity encounters and you go, it doesn't matter if we work together in the future because you won't remember me. Yeah, you won't remember me. (laughs) I've joked. I've met Zach Braff like six times and every every time I meet him, it's the first time I meet him. And it's great. And they've all been in work-related situations. I have a feeling that happens
2: a lot with Zach Braff. Um, I do want to mention one other. That was a bit of a shade moment. I do want to mention one other actor on this show that had like i this is the scandal that i remember about this so sharon lawrence who plays um alfred's wife in this she <laughs> left nine one nine wait nine nypd blues for this show and it was a big deal because nypd blue was like huge it was like the number one show on tv everyone was talking about it It was this gritty show she got a bunch i think she got a bunch of emmy nominations for it and then she left for this show and everyone was like why like, what are you doing? You're on the TV's number one show. It was a big, I remember that being a big news story.
1: Ooh, that's it. I don't, again, no recollection because I had never heard of this program before. Um, But yeah, scandal.
0: Yeah, scandal. Um,
1: but, you know, respect for actors making those types of choices. So... Like we said, this was a mini Golden Girls reunion. So, this was actually uh, Rue's second appearance on the show as Aunt Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm so sorry, what's her name? Sharon? Lawrence sharon lawrence i'm sorry i spaced so she plays sharon lawrence's aunt lou um maybe at some point we'll we'll go back maybe and cover the first episode well, that, that we're be in because that's that's like a mini mini golden girls reunion yeah. um so so she plays betty's sister in the show which is really really fun and estelle makes kind of a surprise um cameo so at the cute. end which is so cute Should we? Is there anything else you wanted to say before we take a quick break and then dive into the episode? We have so many clips. I'm so excited.
2: I mean, I do have a lot of things to say, but not anything related to what we're doing tonight, just in general. I want to vent. So, no, I think we should just take a break. Yes.
1: (laughs) Great. There is a th- – this episode starts – we're going to get into the Betty in a second. But this episode starts with – so the younger sister on the show, Spy Kids, she's got a date. And she's like eight years old or something. She's like eight or nine, mm-hmm. maybe ten. Yeah. And the way – and again, I understand this was the 90s. It was almost the cutoff of the um, you know, the year 2000, but this was the 90s still. The way they treat this little girl going on a date was like – it made me cringe a little bit in this episode. Like, I don't know. It just – you you just don't make – I feel like shows just wouldn't get made like this anymore. Well, anyway, it depends you, on
2: how they the, – the way they did it, it wasn't necessarily uncomfortable, but it wasn't – cute and i feel i feel like whenever you have a child going on a date it needs to be cute it needs to be stupid it needs to be silly it doesn't need to be a date oh my god and then the older sister doesn't need to be about her like what she goes into she was like oh no you never pay for a date like that doesn't need to be
1: oh the yeah this is one of those shows that if you if you look at it through it again if you if you were to put this on tv in 2023 you'd go this show hates women (laughs) But obviously (laughs) it doesn't, though,
2: because I mean, it doesn't
1: hate women because there are so
2: many fantastic women on it that have, of course, like amazing storylines. I will say,
1: of course, I think it was just some sometimes the attitudes. It's just things that things that age and have a little bit of an odor on them. That's all. I actually I we didn't even talk about what we felt about the show or the episode or anything. I actually really enjoyed watching this. Obviously, (laughs) the the Betty and Rue scenes were amazing.
2: Yeah. You know those um, shows, because, those, those shows, I mean, we've been watching TV for a long time now, and you know how you can kind of spot, like, what network a show is on based on sort of how the show is filmed or the storyline or, you know what I mean? Like, you can kind of get an idea of, like, oh, well, this was a, clearly a part of must-see TV or, like, an NBC lineup or this was clearly an mm-hmm. ABC thing, stuff like that. And as I was watching it, I thought this was an NBC show. I didn't look up oh, anything beforehand. Mm-hmm. It felt very NBC in a way. And then I remember that CBS kind of had this like weird period post Murphy Brown and pre sort of, um, oh God, the, the two and a half men show. What, is that what it's called? Two and a half men. Yeah. Two and a half men. Yeah. Pre- sort of post Murphy Brown, pre two and a half men. They're two huge flagship series that like were huge for the network and they kind of struggled in those years figuring out like how to do sitcoms and what to do and every and everybody. loves Raymond, of course, was on CBS too, but that was sort of the same time as Two and a Half Men. So I feel like it was it was in this sort of lost area of CBS, which I kind of love, and it probably existed post Golden Palace even Golden because I mean that's also was right. what happened with Golden Palace's cancellation was that they mm-hmm. didn't they were still figuring out they're looking for a younger audience they're looking for a hipper audience and this show mm-hmm. I can see being a show that they're trying to look for like. 40 year old dudes to watch you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i i want to jump right into um it's it's and betty's entrance uh at the in in the episode um so uh alfred molina and sharon lawrence are um, meeting um rue and betty for dinner and they haven't seen rue for a minute uh and so here's here's the entrance
0: Jamie, I heard your voice. Wonderful! I, I know, <laughs> Mama. Oh, oh, isn't it nice to have Lou back so soon? Uh, yes, and what is this I hear about a TV show? Well, that's why I'm back in LA. I got a TV series. I play an older woman who writes books and solves crimes, <laughs> set against the rough and tumble background of the Professional Wrestling Federation. Yes. <laughs> it's called Maiming. She wrote. I
2: love. Rue's delivery and voice in this show because he's
1: like it's like she's doing Blanche with a harder edge.
2: She's doing like a foreign Blanche. Like it's like Blanche trying to do a British accent, but failing because her southern accent is so strong. So that's
1: exactly what it sounds like because there
2: are some words where she's like, it sounds very like forced British. You know what I mean?
1: She does later. Yes, it sounds like Blanche trying to be fancy because later she does say like schedule. Yes, it's like a very Dorothy. Like, what is up with these pronunciations? There's one line
2: at the end of the episode. Well, I think it's in the last (laughs) clip. Well, I'll talk about it then.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. So I love. Let's talk about their outfits because I always like to compare what the women look like in other roles versus their Golden Girls characters. And Rue, I feel like Rue and Betty were wearing like a lot of silk, maybe in this episode, yeah. or oh, what's that? I can't. I really wish I had Michael's brain sometimes when I try to talk about clothes. What? Rue felt like she was wearing something that Blanche would wear for like a business meeting. Or yeah. Something. I mean, Rue
2: was definitely in. I mean, all of the girls, I will say, were in the era of sort of being matriarchs, being sort of like the matriarchs of television in a way. So all of their clothes, with the exception of Rue's iconic appearance on Boy Meets World, which we have covered on this podcast, I would say they all kind of wear, you know, the bl- the sensible blouses with like the the pants so that they don't have to wear a dress. And, the, you know, the sensible, sh- they're, they're in that era of their lives and I love it. It's like the era that Kathy Bates has always been in. And it's the, it's how I try to achieve in my life as well. It's what I want to be wearing all the time.
1: I, I love that for you.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: I love that uh, Rue was wearing... She was wearing a lot of, like, crimson and blacks mm-hmm. and browns and, like, big, like, kind of chunky statement jewelry, which I really liked. Like, there were no Miami colors in this wardrobe. No, none. Betty was wearing... Um,
2: she was more matronly. She was more, I mean, she she seemed, even though she's not matronly at all, her character is not, her character is very saucy, but I feel like her clothes were more conservative. hmm
1: Definitely, um, yeah, she definitely wasn't wearing anything that was like very form-fitting or kind of busty the way that Rose would, but she did have some nice colors, like nice purples and nice blues. Yeah. Just like really poppy colors. Um. So I I want. I know we just played a clip from the dinner scene. You know they love the
2: clips. They're not going to. be I know they love the clips. clips. I
1: literally emailed you earlier, and I was like, if we can get away with playing this whole scene later, I was like, (laughs) let's play it. So I'm going to see where we landed on that. But let's play a clip from the same dinner scene just a little bit later.
0: Can you believe how lucky we are? I mean, two sisters living together again after all these years. <laughs> Both single. Sitting, uh, telling stories, reliving the memories of our youth. <laughs> Petting the kitty cat. You're sucking the life out of me, aren't you? You're no dream guest either. You. She runs around the house all day naked from the waist down. I'm used to living alone. And you know why? Because you run around with no pants on. <laughs>
2: I've never heard
0: any complaints. Well, I have. My peeping
1: Tom won't peep anymore.
2: <laughs> you know what I love about that?
1: I loved that joke.
2: I do, too. I do, I do too. It's so good. But um, Blanche is still kind of slutty. She's still kind of, you know, she's still very Blanche. In, or Rue is very Blanche in this, which I kind of, I mean, they kind of both are. I will say, uh, Rose, oh, Rose. Uh, Betty is very Sue Ann Nivens in this character. But it's kind of. It's kind of nice. And you know what it also reminds me of? So my fa- two family friends, the people that I used to live with, or the woman I used to live with who is the my mother of a my best friend, um, she lives with her sister. And it's they're they're both around the same age as these two actresses together, and they both are that like, they come out to my drag shows and they dance and they have fun and they're like, you know, the their ages, dancing with a bunch of 20, 30 year olds, 40 year olds at a gay bar on like a Tuesday night. It's so fun. And it reminded me seeing them do that in real life made me feel like, Oh, Betty and Rue would fully be dancing at a gay bar when they're like 80 years old, 70 years old, you know, having a great time.
1: A hundred percent. They would have as women in real life, they would have, I feel like on this show uh, and on the golden girls. I yeah. you know that, you know that, um, yeah, Blanche would have gotten Rose to go down to the rusty anchor for men's night. Um, <laughs> when Betty said, like very fondly, like petting the kitty cat. I so badly wanted her to say petting the kitty cat too hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this scene, we learn that again, because Rue's character, I'm assuming she's an actor. Yeah. Um, she's looking for some real estate, like for like a million uh, and lucky for her the waiter, who's played by George Hamilton. The applause uh, break?
2: I never... I, I Listen, I like a George Hamilton. I remember when he had a talk show with his ex-wife who married Rod Stewart or something. I don't know her name or anything. Alyssa Stewart? I don't know. But I was not expecting George Hamilton to get an applause break, especially because this is his second appearance on the show.
1: I was going to ask. You can tell he like he's an established character because um you know it, it sounds like like he has a history of getting into trouble and being a little bit of a scoundrel and maybe a grifter um with alfred molina and sharon lawrence um he also when we meet him you learn that he's like going by a na- like the name like his name's like Don Rio or something, and he's going by Elliot Lipschitz mm-hmm. now. Yeah. He's got all these different jobs, and he's kind of like that guy that Rose dated on the Golden Girls who had all those different identities, and at the end of the night, at the end of dinner, he gets arrested and carted off. Yeah. There was like the pregnant woman that came up to him. Anyway.
2: I mean, so he really was an established character, though, because he was only in one episode before this. So I have a feeling this show just pulled out people's guest star moments and just was like, great, everyone gets an applause break. <laughs>
1: Maybe. I mean, his character was very memorable and funny. Yeah, I mean um, he
2: is funny. And I mean, George Hamilton, for anyone listening who may not know who George Hamilton is, he's an actor. He's probably best known for playing Zorro. Um, I think or playing not Zorro, but some someone in the Zorro movie, Zorro the Gay Blade. And then also the Godfather part one of the Godfather part three, I think. Like he was sort of a random actor slash Hollywood person who is probably best known for his tan. That's really what he's yeah. best known for.
1: Yes. Yeah, he's very well known for his tan. I also mistaken because, again, I, I don't know all these people in the Hollywoods, but I was like, oh, is that – um, what's her face from Housewives? I was like, oh, is that Leah, Leah Rena's husband? And I was like, no, oh, that's no. – George a different George maybe? No. George Hamlin.
2: Yeah, Hamlin.
1: Hamlin. Harry and maybe Hamlin.
2: His name's Harry. Harry
1: Hamlin. Hamlin. So he's not he, even
2: George. He's not even George.
1: He's not even George. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here I go. I mean, um, I used it. to I used to work for IMDb. You guys, I am the. Well, your job it wasn't was, to
2: memorize IMDb.
1: It was not to memorize <laughs> IMDb. So we learned that George Hamilton. You know, he. I guess in the last episode, he had an affair with Betty. Um, she paid for everything, or but the hot chocolate, I guess, was like a joke. Yeah. So I want to
2: know what her character did to get all this money. You know what I mean Betty White's character because I mean is she supposed to be loaded cuz she's loaded
1: Well see I don't know cuz I've never I don't have any other context for the show um but I don't know maybe Yeah so the other kind of story that's going on is um, so during this dinner Sharon Lawrence thinks that George Hamilton is so romantic and she wants her husband Alfred Rel- Molina mm-hmm. to be that romantic mm-hmm. So um he goes to Stephen Root for advice who plays his friend on the show was in this one scene, uh, because he can't think of anything to do himself to be more romantic. And Stephen Root, Stephen Root's advice to, um, be romantic for his wife is to take Viagra.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And the weird thing was in the scene, he says he just takes it alone for fun, which <laughs> I've heard of friends doing this. Um, Which just seems inherently like a cry for help. It's like drinking in the daytime, you know, alone at home. Like it seems like a cry for help. He
1: takes Viagra and then just stares at his penis, essentially. Which
2: I mean, listen, I am not going to judge whatever gets you off. (laughs) Like if that's what your thing, own it, baby. So, but it's creepy.
1: Alfred. Alfred Molina is like, okay, I don't know what to do. So he goes back to the restaurant to see George Hamilton and. George Hamilton, actually, he has a piece of advice that I thought was really funny. He says, um, a woman is like the ocean. Parts of her are deep, parts of her are shallow, and parts of her are fun to stick your toes in. And I <laughs> actually, I was like, okay, that joke was actually pretty
2: good. That was pretty good, yeah. That was
1: actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then they do that thing that we've seen on so many sitcoms, Alfred Molina and George Hamilton. Friends did it. I think the Golden Girls did it when Blanche was like blowing in Dorothy's ear um, where Alfred Molina is, George Hamilton is like sexy talk. That's what you do for your mm. wife. Alfred Molina is bad at sexy talk. So George Hamilton's like, practice on me. And he's like, you know, I want to feel your naked body. And and then he, he's kind of like getting into it. And there's like a couple that sees like a guy saying sexy things to another guy. And he's like, check, please. <laughs> like, we got to go to another table. And I was just like, Ugh.
2: I have that. That whole scene, I was like, I I've never been good at sexy talk. I'm good at really funny sexy talk. I can make people laugh. But no, sexy talk, no. I would fail. I would fail. Fail hard.
1: I yeah. I, I mean, don't also, think Also,
2: what's it's... the point after a while? You know what I mean? Sexy talk is like, I got some time tonight.
1: <laughs> I've never I'm I feel like I'm just I'm so self conscious. I feel like I've never Yeah. Like I've never had phone sex with somebody before.
2: I've never like
1: never. No.
2: You guys you guys should just like stand in different rooms and just do that.
1: What what, me and my husband? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Why not?
1: (laughs) No way. I would Have you ever, have I put you on the spot? Have you ever had fun sex before? I've
2: had every type of sex, honey. I've had, uh, I've had it all. Like, but that's the thing. That's the difference. I was talking with this yeah. about, to a friend yesterday. That is the difference, I think, between heterosexual people and like queer people, and that queer people, we've tried it all because I think a lot of times, at least for me and my generation of queer people, we've had to find different ways of resourcing mm-hmm. sexual moments because you can't always have it in the most traditional of ways. And so yeah. you have to be creative and especially in high school when you're closeted and no one knows and mm-hmm. all of those things. So yes, I've done everything.
1: Wow. Look at you. <laughs> I love you so much. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So in the next scene, I guess Rue is staying with Betty in this episode. Yeah, and Rue comes home to a, a pitch black room. She walks inside to a pitch black living did room. Did you and think Betty... of
2: the vase, the shooting I vase? I did. Episode. I did. It's all I, I, I was thinking about. It's all I was thinking about.
1: So yes, you shot my uh, yes. vase. I wish you would have shot Lester. <laughs> so yes, Rue comes home late at night. It's pitch black, and and it's the same where there she's standing on the left side of the screen. The door is exactly where the golden girl's door is. Yeah. And, and Betty turns a flashlight on and she's basically like, it's three o'clock in the morning, whatever. Yeah. I have to say really quickly, cause we're going to play. I wanted to play the, the whole scene. Club. I'm going to see. I did it. <gasps> yeah. You did it. Okay yeah. guys, bear <laughs> with us. Cause it's going to be like three minutes, but it's the best, but I just need you to know at the beginning of this scene, it is pitch black. Betty's holding a flashlight under her chin, the way you do when you tell spooky stories right. around a campfire. But here's the thing. And then Betty crosses over to Rue, and yeah, she, yeah. like, turns a light on. Betty White, the actor, crossed a room in total pitch black darkness. Mm. This was not darkness, like, on a TV sitcom where it's nighttime, but it's still lit. You it see just it, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. see everything. Betty White the actor walked across a room in pitch blackness. She does I her own stunts.
2: She does her own does stunts. Does her
1: own stunts. Let's just play the clip. It's so good.
0: Oh! <laughs> good evening. Metsy, is that you? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yes, I know. I know. I, I didn't want to wake you. Oh, I was awake. See? <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi, turn on some lights. Oh, what's the matter, Lou? Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, I'm not. The dark is my friend. I love... it <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, I'm sorry, Bootsy. Here, darling, let me see it. Oh, you get away. Get away. Where have you been? I, I, I've been looking at houses with Don Rio. And then? And then we went out to dinner. And then? And then? <laughs> and, and then but, uh, wait, look here. I don't have to account to you for my schedule. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. You've been stealing boyfriends from me since we were girls. You are delusional. Oh, am I? Oh, I remember on the playground, standing talking to a boy, and suddenly I'd look over, and you were hanging upside down from the monkey bars. You panty flasher. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. That was just the joyful act of an innocent child. Oh, please, you had a tip jar out there. Says Don Rio is your boyfriend. I do. Oh, really? Well, it seemed to me like that was ancient history. As in, your relationship is history because you are so ancient. (laughs) And you are such a spring chicken. (laughs) Well, I am. (laughs) I'm at least two decades younger than you. Oh, please, I remember when you sprouted legs and crawled out of the slime.
2: I mean, okay, that to me feels like we just watched a British, like, like, Ruma McClanahan was saying things like, Wake, dinner. I do not have to put... What is it? To account to you my schedule.
1: I'm a, I'm, it's because
2: you're so ancient. Enchant. I'm nearly two that decades also, younger than you.
1: <laughs> that was also... That was not the entire scene. No? Like, it goes on. That was three quarters... That was a, the, the biggest chunk of the scene. That was like if we can at least extend to this part, I laughed so hard. I, I will also say when, uh when, so Betty is shining the flashlight at Rue's face. And then when she says, you panty flasher, she whips the light down to her crotch area real yeah, quick and then yeah. back up to her face. And yeah. then it gets a laugh. I thought like, it, that was either brilliant directing. It was a brilliant pitch by Betty white to just like, do it but it was so funny what i love um, about this
2: too is this i mean you know these are actresses in sort of like you know the last quarter of their career in a way and mm-hmm. literally we know that now and it it betty was so sharp and rue is so sort of sultry in her performance and they're mm-hmm. still so strong in their delivery and it, it, it oh
1: they're it, so good yeah, they're yeah. so good in in the rest of the scene so betty basically says she still has feelings for george hamilton and she doesn't want rue seeing him anymore Mm -hmm. and rue's like basically like tough i like him too so it's like a real like laszlo fidel santiago situation between the women i also did like that um you know rue makes a joke about being like two day two decades younger than betty which is such a blanche attitude such
2: a blanche attitude
1: um so to go back to the alfred molina um sharon lawrence story so george hamilton had convinced alfred molina to buy like or alfred molina had ended up just he's like i'm getting my my wife a really nice necklace Mm -hmm. um which i thought was great and alfred and george hamilton's like well you can't just give it to her you have to give it to her in like a romantic way yeah so he convinces Alfred Molina to hide it in a crab cake, kind of like Stan hiding Dorothy's yeah. ring in a potato.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the
2: potato was funnier. I'm just saying.
1: Well, also because they spend. So, so again, I'm, I'm I'm going back to like, he's just trying to be romantic with his wife and I know he's trying so hard, but they're out to dinner and he won't let her order anything that she wants to order because yeah. he's, she's like, I don't really want crab cakes. He's like, you have to get the crab cake. So then he gets the crab cake. And she goes to eat it, and and like the, that's what she was supposed to do, right? She's supposed to eat the crab cake and yeah. find the necklace. Yeah. So she's eating it, and then he starts digging his fingers into her In mouth.
2: Her mouth, and this then is clearly like pre COVID.
1: Yes. He's trying to get her to spit it out. He's slapping her back. She's I like, mean, ow, he starts like giving her the Heimlich. Well, she and was then... just on
2: NYPD blue, so she's used to the rough stuff.
1: She's used to the rough stuff. So, but it turns out that the necklace isn't even inside the crab cake because Don Rio, George Hamilton, stole it, L O L and yeah. he like quit the restaurant. What's
2: okay, so first off to the crab cake. Would you trust Stan to order you something that you would like to eat? Do you think he knows you enough to get you the food you want? Like, if you're at Outback, what would he do?
1: Yes, Stan would know because so Stan and I get a meal delivery service. This is not an ad for what do we get? We but get what do you Green use? Chef. I was just we, looking we at, to Green order Chef. something
2: like that. Okay, Green Chef.
1: If we only, only because out of they've so far been the ones that we've found that have like the best vegetarian options because mm. um, Stan's a vegetarian. Um, so but i would trust stan because again i I think only because stan and i since the pandemic started have had i would say approximately 79 million meals together (laughs) um so and and i'm also very sensitive to spicy food so stan Mm -hmm. Always does such a sweet thing. If we ever go out and I order something and I have no idea if it'll be spicy, Sam will get something he knows isn't spicy so that if my food is spicy, we can switch.
2: That's sweet. See, now, I do not think Michael would do that for me. I One of the things that I I know, I feel like the thing is Michael's taste in food is very um, simple. And so I feel like I would maybe be able to order for him because basically him is like pasta and Coke. A burger and coke you know what i mean like it's not i'm gonna, here for it's it, not Michael. gonna be hard whereas mine like if we're at outback i'm gonna get like the 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 queensland like chicken on the barbie situation with maybe like a coconut shrimp on the side and like a caesar salad and the brown bread i'm gonna have the full so i want a taste of i basically <clears> want to go <throat> on a tasting tour of outback and right. um I feel like he would be overwhelmed. And then, of course, then when it came to the drink order, I don't want soda, so I'm gonna, he's going to get an iced tea. But they're going to throw him options of, like, sweet iced tea, Arnold Palmer, regular iced tea, all these things, and he's not going to know what Flavored iced tea. Yeah, it's going right. to be a list, and it's just too much. And I get it because I don't think I'm difficult, but maybe I'm just nuanced.
1: It sounds like – I mean, is it – so let me ask you. Is it – if, if Michael were to order you something, so the iced teas, for example. Yes. Would, w- like, what would you drink for? Like, would you have an unsweetened iced tea one day, a sweetened iced tea another See, day? Does it depend on your mood?
2: There's nothing that infuriates me more than when you order, which I do, an unsweetened iced tea. I am from the school of unsweetened iced tea. And okay. if you ordered that and because i would say the vast majority of people order sweetened iced tea just cuz they do then they give you that and you know we've left the drive through or we've whatever it's like it's too late to change it i get so furious because of the sweet tea is the i just can't stand it it's too gross for me i need to control the level of sweetness that the tea can be do you know what i mean
1: i yeah i i lived in georgia for Five years, and I worked at a. I worked at a steakhouse, and we would brew the tea in the morning. We'd have one canister, one giant thing of sweet tea, one of unsweetened tea, and I think we poured two beer pitchers full of sugar into the sweet tea one. You pour it in when it's hot, and you stir it up. Yep, and because that was the point of saturation, meaning like you're putting so much sugar into the tea. That if you were to try to put in any more, um, it wouldn't wouldn't absorb it because it was fully saturated with sugar. Oh, my God. I could never. And you'd put it over ice. And then people, I would see people, again, this was the sweetest tea you could. Think of the sweetest tea you've ever had and, like, add a bunch of sugar packets to it. I I would then see people putting, like, Splenda (sighs) in it. Like, three packs of Splenda in a tall glass of of sweet tea. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm... It, I was, it's like I got cavities just waiting tables. See, that's
2: interesting because I, I often prefer my unsweetened tea to be completely unsweetened. But there is occasionally that when I'm like, okay, I need something. I need a little bit of a sweetness moment. I was Fraser shaking the, the jingle bells you all just heard. um, And and I will do either like a sugar in the raw, like I'll do two packets of a sugar in the raw in my tea. Or I'll do like, usually you, you only have an option of Splenda or something. So I'll do like two or three packets of Splenda in my tea and then like, That'll be it. But like, and I don't do it for like health reasons or anything. I just authentically think that uns- that sweetened tea is gross. And so, mm. if Michael had ordered the unsweetened, if, unsweet, if if sweetened tea came to the table, I would send it back. I wouldn't send back mm. food. I would not send back food. If food was mm-hmm, not to my liking, mm-hmm. I would suck it up and I would eat it. But the tea, the drink, no, the, the drink needs to be right.
1: This is a podcast where we (laughs) used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls, but now we just talk about tea. We
2: we have to get to the iconic last episode that features Estelle Getty. We have to. The last
1: scene, yes. So um, so, uh, in the next scene, so George Hamilton shows up at Betty's place um, to see Rue, um, and he tells her, like, hey, it's clear that he's, like, being sketchy. He's done something wrong. He's like, meet me at the real estate agency so you can sign the papers on the Malibu house that he's like supposedly selling her. He's like, meet me at six o'clock. Don't tell anyone. Um, And Rue, you know, like classic Blanche needing a man's validation is like, but you have to promise you're the only, you know, I'm the only one for you. And then you see him say, you're the only one for me. And now cut to he's standing with Betty and he's saying the same things to her. And yeah. I'm like, OK, Patrick Vaughn, with your fake contact lenses, I know. Meet me at six o'clock. You know, sure, yeah. in the trunk of your car again. So, um, anyway, so he's been saying the same thing to Betty. So I guess Rue wasn't staying with Betty. Maybe she was at Alfred Molina's house when Don Rio came to see her. Yeah. So now...
2: Well, she got kicked Ru, out of Betty's house. Betty White kicked her out because... Right. right.
1: She That's right. Yeah. At the end of the yeah. scene, she kicked her out. and so she's and staying somewhere else Rue, Rue, I forgot at the end of that scene when she kicks her out, Rue is like flying. Like, I don't have any money! a top... I don't have any money and then Betty takes like a glass with like little beads in it and throws the beads in hands and goes here put out a tip jar and she tells her to go hang out at the monkey bars yeah oh that whole scene you have to watch that episode guys it's so good so anyway so now Rue and Betty are both supposed to be having these secret dates at different times with Don Rio Mm mm-hmm so they're back at Betty's place, sitting on the couch, like petting her cat, yeah. who's fine after Betty stepped on it in the dark. Um, they're both kind of pretending that Don Rio has left the country. And they're like, I just can't believe it. Mm. And then George Hamilton, Don Rio shows up and he's got a little surprise for them.
0: 30. Oh, I must hurry. I have to be in Malibu by sex. What? Si- <laughs> six, six, six. <laughs> well, I'm just going to take a bath yeah, so I can be ready for bed. Okay, I'll see you later. Yes, Bye, darling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mitzi, Lou, I'm so terribly sorry, but I, I must cancel our plans. What? You'll never guess who I met. Who? Bill Gates' mom. <laughs> Sophia!
1: It's Estelle.
0: Jeez Louise, look at those two hags. What the hell were you thinking?
2: I mean, I will say it was so she looked great. The blouse she was wearing had little like heels on it, which was so cute. I love that they called the character Sophia, which made me mm-hmm. so happy. I will say, for any Golden Girls fan, because you 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 know. We watch these women throughout their careers. We love them. We've seen everything that they do. This is what we're doing now with this podcast. We're watching literally everything that these four actresses have ever done. And this is Estelle's second-to-last credit, um, acting credit. And she was in another show, uh, uh, like Yours, Minds, or whatever. Some, the Jennifer Grey sitcom that was on the air uh, did one episode. But you can tell that she's not fully herself you can tell that there's assistance mm-hmm. you can tell and even at the end of the scene she's looking to the audience cuz everyone's going crazy for her so she's br- breaking yeah. the fourth wall completely and it's a uh, it's bittersweet i i would say
1: yeah that that's how i felt watching it i you're right there was assistance like you know george hamilton was definitely like helping her inside and he's holding her hand yeah. and you know if you think about you know, maybe what she might have been going through at the time with her health, especially knowing that she had such stage fright and that she was not always worried about like being a fraud, but after reading her book, I realized that even after she did the golden girls, she like, she could never believe it. Yeah, She was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like they're going to find out one of these days, Mm, right? Like, and so I can tell she was always incredibly aware of how she was being perceived and yeah. if she was doing a good job. And I think she was very sensitive to that. And and yeah, there is a sweet moment where she gets that big laugh and applause at the end and the kind of look on her face of like almost like relief. It's like so sweet. oh, okay, this did go well. It's you can just tell she's very um I the reserved isn't even the way, but she just doesn't have that. She doesn't have that confidence the yeah. way that Sophia would sort of burst into a room That's with really her it. little
2: shuffle. And you know what else? It kind of reminded me. It's very,
1: me of? it's very ginger and tender. Yes. Her
2: presence, and it kind of reminded me in a weird way. You remember the the Valentine's Day episode of The Golden Girls where she says she has a date with julio iglesias or or yes yes. it reminded me of that and at the end of the episode there's a moment which we know based on you know talking to people who worked on the show and everything that julio iglesias was very scared to do that he wasn't Mm -hmm. he was scared of his english but he was also scared of just he had stage fright just like just like estelle ketty did and when he came out in the end of that episode and she was basically like telling him like now no, no, no! To say the line that he had rehearsed, like, and you and you see Sophia do that, but it's not Sophia. You see Estelle doing that, helping Julio Iglesias, and so in a weird way, it's kind of sweet to see others help her at this moment because it's even yeah. though Julio Iglesias was not sick and did not need help, there was that motherly instinct that she had to help this big guest star succeed in this part with her and make it an iconic moment, and they're doing that for Estelle right now in one of her last appearances, and I just love that.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. It was really sweet. And, you know, I, I like to think that she enjoyed putting mm-hmm. the wig on again yes. and getting dressed up and Do having to call with Sophia she, again.
2: I know she let her hair go gray later in her life. So I don't know if that was actually a wig.
1: Oh, I thought it looked like a wig, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I mean, I, yeah, others can chime in in the comments. I'd love to hear about that. But yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, and it was really sweet. I mean, the last scene again, we're kind of like sexualizing teenage girls because they end the little runner. I guess it's like the second scene where they talk about the little girl having a date. But yeah, yeah. he like comes over and then he sees the older sister and like looks at her boobs and he's like, "Is this your older sister?" And then he's like, "All right, like this is what I got to look forward to." Now, her hand. And I'm the, like, "You are eight The episode you are ended for me. Are eight, eight. With and you're saying this eight. in front of her parents. Yeah, yeah episode, it, it ended yes, with the stellgating.
2: That's what it did, guys. It ended with the stellgating. Um, that's how I'm gonna remember it, and you should watch it and end it there as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, overall, like I, I did enjoy, you know, the way, like I, I, I really enjoyed watching Blossom. I yeah. think maybe I. Well, it's hard to tell. No, I, I, I enjoyed watching Blossom. I enjoyed watching this particular episode of of ladies man i think because of all the rue and the betty if it was a lot of just alfred molina and sharon lawrence with betty peppered in i I don't know that i would enjoy it as much i
2: like them having a Um, plot. i like them being in it so much exactly yeah
1: yeah i was really here for for betty and rue but i will definitely be open to watching more episodes you know we can watch more on the show i definitely want to watch the ruse first appearance on yeah. the show is how big Lou. applause break do you think um, that's gonna be oh my gosh yeah i can't wait um yeah should we take a little break and do some golden takeaways we definitely
2: should <gasps> We are back with our golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway for this episode?
1: My GT is I am so glad that after the Golden Girls was over, people were still just clamoring to see them together. So Mm -hmm. These, you know, show creators, they found ways to give fans reunions. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think it just goes to show like the absolute magic that existed between these four women. Their chemistry was undeniable. The Golden Girls truly was lightning in a bottle. How often do you see? I know what we'll do 20 years later, we'll do like a friend's reunion HBO special. But we're talking like a couple of years have gone by and people just get so excited and you've draw fans in so much that, that you're willing to, yeah. you know, do these reunions again. I think it really just goes to show how special and how loved these four women were together.
2: Definitely. Definitely. My golden takeaway is, you know, I don't want to suggest for people to be false and like not present themselves in an authentic way. Cause I think that's very important, but I also feel like sometimes adding a little flair to the way we speak is nice and fun. You know, I'm not I'm not suggesting you pull a Hilaria Baldwin situation and, and fake a past identity and an accent and everything. But what I'm saying is maybe if you're like at the grocery store, right? And they and the checker asks you, well, nine times out of ten, you're probably just doing the self-checkout, but whatever. If you are with someone and they ask you, is that your toothpaste? Instead of just saying yeah, you should just say, Oh. Why, yes, it is. Thank you very much. Like, add flair to it. You know what I mean? I like it. And and make it uncomfortable for people, but also, they're never going to forget you.
1: That's memorable. That person's going to go home and they're going to go, you know... Well, I had such a character yes! at the checkout today. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know what? Add some clarity of life. Put on an accent. Once on a plane ride, I did do this. I told someone I was on Sopranos, and I decided to, to keep the performance up for the entire plane ride. I did that a lot on plane rides.
1: I sometimes I'll slip back into my Massachusetts accent. Yes. Um, and it's grotesque. Let's read the end of our – I'm going to read it in my – the way I spoke oh until I was about 21 years old. Should I read it old. in my Missouri Let's accent?
2: Do I'll do it in my Missouri accent. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I, sh- I all should right. start, um, right? No, you should start. Oh, no,
1: I'll start. 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 Okay. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness.
2: Oh, yours is so good. Okay. <clears throat> Now, you guys can follow us on social media. If you want to follow us at Golden Girls Pod, you can follow us at Out on the Lanai. You can follow us at Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. On And I, I'm H. Allen Scott and uh, Sadie Pines on everything. And I think I'm going to go take a rest on my pillow, drink some milk, and, um, and maybe do a load of laundry in the wash.
1: I... Oh, I I love nothing more than doing a load <laughs> of laundry and having a hot dog. Hot have, you dog. A, have, you, have you ever had wow. a hot dog or, or, or popcorn? No, popcorn, no. But, right? I, but I have I do a load of laundry. Have you
2: heard of something called toasted ravioli? Because that's have, I like a toasted ravioli.
1: Have you ever had a fluffernutters sandwich? Oh. Mike Dennison, right? Mike Dennison, right now is home drawing Biatha going fluff and yeah, oh, you have fluffer. it on white bread, it's so good
2: fluff nutter sounds inappropriate, please continue. It's a fluff a nutter yeah. it's a
1: fluff and nutter sandwich <laughs> Sounds don't, like don't a porn worry.
2: reference, yes It okay. does
1: sound like a porn <laughs> reference And I'm Squidzy on Instagram I'm Squid, Eat Squid on Twitter And please rate and review us wherever you get The podcast, because <laughs> the more ratings we get The more the show will get bumped up And the more people will discover it And join our lovely mm. community of kick-ass Golden Girls fans
2: Kick-ass, kick-ass Golden Girls fans We love you all yeah and as always now i'm just turning into you as always
1: <laughs> that's not even massachusetts I know, I don't know. even
2: know. okay ready remember
1: as always <laughs> stay <laughs> wicked golden stay Why wicked
2: stay wicked golden
1: stay wicked golden you are